0: The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob and Chez Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com
1: Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. The holiday shopping season is here, so it's time for Bubble Genius' Can't Catch Me Gingerbread Man Soap. It's a big-ass gingerbread man soap that you can enjoy without going right to your thighs. Unless, of course, you're washing your thighs, that is. Scented with a yumalicious gingerbread fragrance, all the decorations are soap, too. And at almost five ounces, it should last you a good long time. Only $7 at BubbleGenius.com, but if you use our promo code Bob and chez that's B- B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z. You'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com And now, let the cartoons begin.
0: Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up. Never surrender. This is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza. What's this? A piece of toast? A pretzel stick? Popcorn? What blockhead cooked all this? What kind of a Thanksgiving dinner is this? Where's the turkey, Chuck? Don't you know anything about Thanksgiving dinners? Where's the mashed potatoes? Where's the cranberry sauce? Where's the pumpkin pie? Look at this. Is this what you call a Thanksgiving Day dinner? Did we come across town for this? We're supposed to be served a real Thanksgiving dinner. Don't feel bad, Chuck. Peppermint Patty didn't mean all those things she said. Actually, she really likes you. I don't feel bad for myself. I just feel bad because I ruined everyone's Thanksgiving. But Thanksgiving is more than eating, Chuck. You heard what Linus was saying out there. Those early pilgrims were thankful for what had happened to them. And we should be thankful, too. We should just be thankful for being together. I think that's what they mean by Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown. Happy Thanksgiving! The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
1: I didn't realize until just now that Peppermint Patty was an asshole. Oh, <laughs> what, yeah. a- what an a- what a d- Peppermint patty was such a d- Yeah, totally. Jesus Christ. It is Wednesday. Th-
2: those pilgrims, were, or those, uh, those Indians were thankful. <laughs> Certainly thankful for uh, for everything that happened after that uh, after that meal.
1: It is Wednesday, November 23, 2016, and this is the Bob and Chez Show presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob Seska, and that is Chez Pezzienza sitting right over there. We are brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. Buy their uh, soap for Christmas. you got the... Uh, uh, Black Friday, right around the corner on Friday. Is Black Friday on Friday? I don't know. Is it on Friday this year? I think it is. Not anymore.
2: Now it starts on Thursday. (laughs) So as you're sitting there eating your Thanksgiving turkey, you can watch people beat the shit out of each other for like a salad spinner.
1: That's right. Uh, We are brought to you by uh, the Bowen Law Group and Attorney Charles J. Bowen. You can get yourself a lawyer for Black Friday, too. If you want to divorce Peppermint Patty... (laughs) Get Charles Bowen on the phone. Or you can head over to thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob Chess, or just click the link on the podcast page. All right, lots to talk about today. Um, More uh, more of the Trump tennis ball machine. Firing uh, awfulness at us. Where do we begin? You know, I think I want to talk about... um, couple of the things that we we didn't get to on monday's show that i think everyone is talking about uh, the first thing is hacking the election the other yeah the other thing i want to talk about today is the electoral college talk about that too uh, but to, yeah i mean today is today is gonna to be all about hackers neo-nazis and the electoral college awesome <laughs> one of these things is not like the other but uh but i mean as we speak right now uh there are discussions happening there are studies occurring there are people calculating and and looking over the numbers in pennsylvania wisconsin and michigan and determining whether or not the results were hacked now um before i go any further this is obviously a conspiracy theory of some sort it it could well i i should say it could end up being a conspiracy theory. Right now, it is just well, maybe something weird happened on election day tallying the votes in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. And uh and I think it's entirely reasonable to say this was really really close in three states that normally don't go to Republicans. I mean, you have to go back to 1988 to find those states going to a Republican candidate for president. And somehow it did. it, And even on the morning of the ninth, when we did this show, I said, you know what? That looks kind of weird. And then I said, throughout the entire 2016 campaign, reaching back into 2015, there were hackers meddling in the election. That's what we know. Um, this has been determined, this has been confirmed by hmm, the NSA, for example, that, right. uh, that Russian hackers and, and maybe even the Russian intelligence services were interfering in the American election. Um, I don't know to what extent that's being investigated by, uh, by the NSA and other uh, national security agencies, but if they were hacking the election throughout the entire length of the campaign, Hacking into email addresses and so on, wrecking havoc. Why wouldn't they do it on election day?
2: Yeah, that's that's my thought. My thought is that there is no proof. I have seen no. Pr- there are like in all good conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. and this is the kind of thing that I shoot down all the time. That you and I, I know, shoot down coming from Alex Jones. Yeah, like in all good conspiracy theories, there are cracks uh, in there are cracks between logic where uh, conspiracy theories can catch fire. Yes, because there are questions there. That are that seem to be feel feel and, and again, feel is not logic feel like legitimate questions, yeah, but I think that what you said is is correct, I think the fact that the Russians had been hacking this entire process throughout, I think that alone merits a look over a second look over the vote. Yeah. You know, that's all. That's all. And 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 there's a 90% chance, probably more than that, that there's no meddling whatsoever. And he really did win. But there is so much that 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 is sort of head scratching. And beyond that, there is proof that the Russians were hacking the election at other times yes, during the
1: process. Exactly.
2: That's the thing that gets me if it just if this just happened and there was no proof that Russia had had no meddling whatsoever in any of this. I'd be like, "Ah, it, it's sour grapes. Just Let's move on.
1: But I mean, they've been doing it throughout. And and the other thing is that while it's very difficult to hack the voting machines themselves because most of them aren't hooked up to the Internet, I mean, you go to whether you use uh, any of the various kinds of touchscreen machines, any of the electronic machines, those machines aren't hooked up. So you can't necessarily hack the individual machines, and why would you want to do that? That seems like there—I mean, there are uh, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of individual machines spread out throughout even in an individual county, uh, right. unless they were in one of the pre states in one of the southern states where they shut down like eight hundred—they pre- <laughs> shut down eight hundred polling places. But uh, for the most part, where there's legitimate voting occurring. Um, those machines aren't uh, attached to any sort of uh, uh, a network that I'm aware of. However, at some point, the tallying of the vote goes onto a computer network somewhere. And when that happens, that leaves it vulnerable to attacks. Now, have there been any investigations into the integrity of, of the networks that were holding those numbers? I don't know. I don't think so. According to some of the studies that have occurred, no, there hasn't been an audit of the uh, of the t- uh, technological side or the vote count itself. Right. So. Why not do that, especially since the results yeah. of the election are so highly unusual with now Hillary Clinton now advancing beyond the two the two million uh, again, vote margin point? Uh, and,
2: and again, I think again, I think that is and I, and I swear, as God is my witness, I would probably say this. I know that it would it, it seems to go against my my feelings here, but I might even say this if, if Donald I probably would say this yeah. if, if Donald Trump were the bene- weren't the beneficiary and it was the other way around. If he were ahead in the polls and the Russians had been working against him and he, you know, all of this stuff had had been, you know, and he won the popular vote by 2 million, if that had happened, then I would have some really serious questions. Yeah. Because I have I have very serious questions right now just with the fact that again, you're talking about an election that's been rigged. To some extent, or it has attempted to be rigged for a very long time, you know, and then you've got the fact that she that it's so close in so many states, states she was predicted to win unquestioningly, and the fact that she is ahead by more than two million votes in the popular vote. That's right. That does make me look at it and say a lot of that makes me say that something is wrong.
1: Yeah. And the only people calling those states for Donald Trump prior to the election were Trump people, internal Trump people. And what we know is we know that the Trump campaign to some capacity was in communication with Russia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we we just learned today that Donald Trump was paid $150,000. I'm just, I was just catching this news right before the show. $150,000 to do a 21 minute speech by videotape at the behest of a Ukrainian oligarch. I mean, even that, I mean, you you throw that into the mix. And, Now there are legitimate journalists who are chasing down this story just looking at this. I mean, Gabe Sherman uh, at New York Magazine has written about this. Hillary Clinton, uh, Gabe Sherman reports, is being urged by a group of prominent computer scientists and election lawyers to call for a recount of three swing states won by Donald Trump. New York has learned the group, which includes voting uh, rights attorney uh, John Bonifaz, uh, J. Alex Halderman and the uh, the director of the University of Michigan Center for Computer Security and Society believes they found persuasive evidence that uh, results in Wisconsin, Michigan and Pennsylvania may have been manipulated or hacked. The group is so far not speaking on the record about their findings and is focused on lobbying the Clinton team. in private.
2: And again and again and again and again, I don't I don't want to go off into Alex Jones land, but I, but I will, I will absolutely say this while it's very difficult. It's really, really hard to, to hack an election. It's really hard to throw an election um, because it requires so much effort uh, and it requires so many different moving parts. Mm -hmm. You have to think for, think for a second that there is nothing, nothing, nothing Putin would want more. Than to hack the U.S., than to basically influence the U.S. election. To oh, throw absolutely! Or to throw it for his guy. So, with that in mind, you would have to think that that would be top priority if it could be done. If it can, if if the election can be physically hacked, you have to imagine that it it very well might have been.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. A t- I mean, I really think it's it's a possibility, especially knowing what led up to it. Like, why would they hack throughout the campaign and then just magically stop on election day? No, it, that it doesn't work that way. I, I don't really think that that again, actually happened. Again, they, uh, at until least-
2: somebody shows me, uh, as I've always have said for so long, you know what? The bigger, the more outlandish the claim you make, the more proof is required to back mm. up that claim. Yeah. So, you know what? I uh, right now I don't believe it. But I do think that it at the very least I I think it deserves the the most cursory of looking into.
1: So, I mean, what they're looking at here, these experts, they're looking at the uh the way the ballots were cast and and in areas where there were paper ballots, Hillary Clinton won. In areas where there were electronic voting machines, Hillary Clinton lost uncharacteristically. Here's, uh, here's more of Gabe Sherman's reporting in uh, New York magazines. Last Thursday, the activists held a conference call with the Clinton campaign and Chairman John Podesta and uh, General Counsel Mark Elias to make their case. According to a source briefed on the call, the academics presented findings showing that in Wisconsin, Clinton received 7% fewer votes in counties that relied on electronic voting machines compared with counties that used optical scanners and paper ballots. Based on this statistical analysis, Clinton may have been denied as many as 30,000 votes. She lost Wisconsin by 27,000. While it's important to note the group has not found proof of hacking or manipulation, they are arguing to the campaign that the suspicious pattern merits an independent review, especially in light of the fact that the Obama White House has accused the Russian government of hacking the Democratic National Committee. Now, it's possible that, you know, in the rural areas that used electronic balloting, where Hillary Clinton received seven percent fewer votes, that those people just didn't just, they were crazy and voted for Donald Trump in an uh, in uncharacteristically high numbers. That's I mean, that's that's absolutely and that you need to take that as seriously as you take any sort of conspiracy to hack the election. In addition, what we know is even if there wasn't any Russian hacking of the election returns. What we know is that the Republicans have been engaged in voter purges and voter suppression and and voter ID laws that have suppressed Democratic turnout and have suppressed the Democratic vote. I mean, we know this by the the closed precincts, closed polling places throughout the South and even in some of these uh, these swing states. So that is also a factor. But you can't discount the tenacity of the alt-right or the neo-Nazi uh, Pepe the Frog people online. We're going to be talking about them in just a minute and with, with more evidence. And I, I'm so glad you sent this to me yesterday because um, reading this article in Mother Jones was just breathtaking. To yeah. to know what this movement is all about, but young you know, online young
2: online activists, man, young online yeah, exactly, they're, the they're awesome. Yep, just ask Glenn Greenwald.
1: Uh-huh, and we're gonna have we're gonna be return to the story of our favorite hacker, Weave, coming up later in the show. Um, but it, you know, in the meantime, I put the question out there on Twitter because there are a lot of IT experts, a lot of national security experts, uh, in my Twitter feed, and I just threw it out there. I said, what are the odds that Russian hackers did manipulate some of the returns? to swing the election in those three states over to Donald Trump, where they, would, they were predicted to go to Hillary Clinton by every single one of the polling aggregators and the, and the projections leading up to election day. And the response I got was they wouldn't dare do that, that the Russian hackers or whoever, whichever group of hackers, I mean, it could be anybody. Um, but most likely Russians. <laughs> they they wouldn't do that because of the repercussions, the interfering in an election. Is it maybe a, they said it's a risk that's not worth taking? Like they wouldn't they would they manipulate uh, the actual campaigns by screwing around with emails and things like that, because that's seen as sort of innocent. Uh, kind of rat fucking, kind of behavior, double crossing, and 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 election uh, shenanigans and so forth. But actually, changing the results of the election is something they wouldn't do. And so, okay, yeah, I get that. But then I read that goddamn Mother Jones piece about the uh, about the neo Nazis and the uh, the the euphemism of alt right, yeah. you know. Which I'm not again, as I said, I'm not using that term anymore. But um, this article was detailing that, and and there was one section that that discusses how um, how far out there they're willing to go, what they're willing to do to pursue this agenda that they have. Of uh, I don't know what I, I just think it's it's like Project Mayhem. <laughs> it really is. It's like right out of Fight Club, except they have they have specific political goals. They're not necessarily about nihilism. They're all about Donald Trump. And uh, and and so we're going to be talking about that in a second. But, um, you know, there's the other aspect to all of this, which is that uh, very few in the traditional press, uh, cable news and the major print publications are they're not willing to necessarily cover this to the extent that it probably should be because they don't want to be seen as being unserious. They don't want to right. be seen as, as pursuing a uh, an Alex Jones type conspiracy and, theory. And I
2: think and I think that is that would be the one place if I were a if I were a Russian hacker,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, or if I were a state that was going to um, uh, sponsor this or or kind of underhandedly um, uh, you know push this agenda. I think that's something that I would be able to fall back on. Yeah, it's knowledge that that no one will come after you because to do so is to risk seeming, like you said, unserious.
1: Yeah. But you know what? At the same time, and uh, this is something I was tweeting about yesterday. The fact of the matter is that the GOP is demanding a recount in North Carolina in the North Carolina gubernatorial race. And the margin between the winner, Roy Cooper, who's the Democrat, and the the loser, the incumbent, uh, 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 Pat McCrory, the margin is 6,000 votes there. Roy Cooper won by 6,000 votes in the gubernatorial race. And Pat McCrory is going bananas right now. Demanding a recount, demanding they uh, they l- look at the entire vote tally to see if he can pick up those votes, to see if there was any shenanigans going on. But the fact is, is that the, the current Attorney General in North Carolina won the election, uh, won yeah. the gubernatorial election, and then the Republicans are being. You know what they would term uh, any sort of recount in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, or Michigan to be sour grapes. They're doing the sour grapes thing in in North Carolina, so there is there is a way.
2: And and that is the thing, you know, the the Republicans will fight tooth and nail when they lose. They Mm -hmm. they don't they won't they won't lose. They don't want to lose. They will fight. They will they will take it to court. They will do everything they can, and they thrive off of the Democrats. The Democrats need to. Take the high road, yeah, right, do the right thing, yeah, and I'm not really sure that that you know, look, I mean again, I'm not saying I think that it's as simple as saying, look, uh, an audit as as people have said, you exactly, know, uh, take a look at it and re- give us a recount, give us a quick overview of this because there were all these shenanigans that went on in the lead up to its and, and these, and the re- the results are surprising, so they you know they go against the polls now, granted, the polls can be wrong, we've seen that, but Everything else that's happened. And again, that you have proof, you have proof that the Russians attempted to sway the election. For months leading up to it, yeah. The, the least you can do is just take another look and say, "Yeah, okay, it's on the up and up."
1: Yeah, and we really haven't seen a full investigation, a full accounting of the collusion between the Trump campaign and oh, exactly. Russian intelligence. We haven't even seen that yet.
2: That's, that's an astonishing thing to me. Yeah, that I mean, nobody really, seems to care about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was again. This was Watergate. This is a Watergate-style situation that occurred during this, this year's. Is far, this is far worse. Yeah. Far worse. Yeah, this I, is a
2: for, this is this isn't us. This isn't uh, you know one party against another. This is a foreign power, a hostile foreign power meddling in our election.
1: And why would they again? Why would they stop at the water's edge? Why would they not go forward and try to do something with the election? And of course, what they're going to do is they're not going to swing every state they're not going to uh hand donald trump uh states where hillary clinton was predicted to win by large margins states like uh california or new york what they're gonna do is they're gonna look at states that were razor thin in the projections leading up to election day and there was some discussion you know, we saw Donald Trump going his last stop, in fact, was in Michigan right before. Uh, it was like one o'clock in the morning of Election Day morning that he was right there in Michigan. And and so there were some discussions that he could maybe win uh, uh, at least one of those states. Certainly not all three of them. No one was saying oh, he's going to win Wisconsin. Who was saying no one was saying that no one was saying that. But it was close enough that it could be possibly conceivable <laughs> That he would win, maybe something about the margin of error, or so forth. So there was some uh, some opening. There was some loophole that maybe hackers could have gotten into. But we also know that uh, there were other things that happened in the light of day that could have also swung the election too. Which is what I was mentioning before: voter purges and voter suppression and, and so forth, voter ID, and uh, and all of those things. But, you know, again, we can't discount the uh, mischief that uh, that the neo-Nazi, the online wing of the uh, of, of Donald Trump's support uh, g- g- can get involved in. I mean, these are crazy people. These are people who have no uh, uh, moral grounding, no ethics in terms of, well, well maybe we shouldn't do this. No, they're going to do whatever they need to do. To either interfere with American politics, to elevate Donald Trump, to elevate their whatever it, crazy ideology they have, this is uh, this is GamerGate plus uh, hackers plus I mean everything that we've been witnessing online with <laughs> young online activists and so forth, yeah. all combined in a one big chimera of awfulness. And uh, and to say that they didn't touch the election results, well. Maybe we should just see if we find out. Maybe just look into it. It's not going to change. I, I don't think it's going to change the result of the election. I really don't think that Hillary Clinton will somehow magically become president of the United States out of all of this. But I do think something needs to be said in terms of someone needs, something needs to be investigated in terms of the integrity Of our elections knowing the prominence of hacking right now knowing how it's actively meddled in just about every aspect of american politics so far in this this past especially in this past year and to deny that i think is to is to uh be naive i mean i think it's something that uh that occurs so often that to say well it didn't happen in this one area where it could actually make the most difference is just being stupid just being stupid. All right, we're going to talk about that. Um, remember Weave? Remember Weave? That yeah, tragically <laughs> the sort of I know, of course, of course, I remember him. Why he's a
2: young online activist?
1: That's right. That's right. Goes to parties with John Cusack and Glenn Greenwald and hangs out. Also has a, a swastika tattooed on himself. <laughs> spent time spent time in prison for hacking, and now he's kind of a neo-Nazi. Well, not kind of. He is a neo-Nazi. We're going to talk about that after we talk about this. <clears throat> it's Harry's Razors for Black Friday I, I can't think of a better uh, gift to give the, uh, both the men and women in your in your family Than the gift of Harry's Razors Holidays are just fantastic And this is something that, that I'm actually going to be doing this year I don't think anyone I'm giving the Razors to uh, listen to this show Otherwise uh, I'm giving away their gifts But you know the holidays are fantastic, except when it comes to finding the right gift, especially for men. For a guy's gift that's both personal and practical, I recommend Harry's new limited edition shave set with a midnight blue chrome handle. You can even get that handle engraved with the recipient's initials. Do you believe that? This limited edition gift set also includes three of Harry's German-engineered five-blade cartridges, each with a flex hinge, a lubricating strip, and and my favorite, trimmer blade. And Harry's Foaming Shave Gel, that smells amazing, and a beautifully designed gift box for just 30 bucks, $30. And for just $10, 10, Harry's Starter Set, a great stocking stuffer and a great gift for yourself. I could stop here, but it gets even better. Because Harry's has partnered with The Bob and Chez Show for this uh, holiday gift special, $5 off your order if you use the code BANDC when you check out. Oh, but wait as they say there's more how about free shipping on top of that five dollars off free shipping it is that today through december 9th while supplies last through december 9th free shipping five dollars off while supplies last so today it would be a good idea go go and do it today just use the code bandc when you check out with a possibly engraved midnight blue limited edition gift set you heard about right here using your code at harrys.com that's h-a-r-r-y-s dot com
0: Show presented by bubblegenius.com.
1: All right, welcome back to our uh, what are we doing the show? It's a Wednesday, it's a weird, weird day to do the show, but I think. Sorry, right.
0: uh, you can talk about the pit.
1: Uh, it's because of the holiday. The band jump. Normally, we do the show on Tuesdays and Thursdays if you're just, just joining us, but this week it'll be uh, Monday Wednesday, as you can tell. Doing the mess okay, uh, moving along here with the show today, so uh. Mother Jones had a uh, an amazing profile of the white nationalists who uh, helped Trump rise to to power, and the uh, the section of this article that caught my attention the most. In fact, uh, Ches screen grabbed it and <laughs> sent it to me via email. It was that it was that prominent. It just sticks out like a sore thumb. Here is that paragraph. Uh, remember Andrew Arenheimer? I think that's how we decided it was pronounced. Andrew Arenheimer. AKA yep. Weave W E E V, a notorious troll who moved to Ukraine oh he lives in Ukraine. Of course he, he does. He lives in Ukraine. How how about that? Where where all of those tweets started. Uh was it like a there was a bunch of hashtags that originated pro Trump hashtags that originated in Ukraine, didn't it? And uh, Ukraine, what we heard today is a Ukrainian oligarch paid Trump $150,000 to deliver a 21-minute speech via video. Um, And now we learn that Weave, our favorite neo-Nazi hacker, has moved to Ukraine. He's uh, he's done so to elude U.S. authorities, claims he's uh, ready to take alt-right trolling to the next level. Again, this is in Mother Jones. Trump, quote, is going to come in with a mandate, said Weave who now helps run the Daily Stormer. Yep. Right? Neo-Nazis young right there. Young online activists. I wonder yeah, how, how feels about this. I know. He's just a big fan of the young online activists. Why Why is the government cracking down on young online activists? Why, oh, why? So sad. Stupid, stupid government that it's cracked down on people like Weave. Weave. Who's a neo-Nazi and who is prepared to take all kinds of measures to uh, to torment and antagonize anyone who opposes Donald Trump? He says, "If Congress doesn't give him what he wants, then it gets really fun for us." He said, "The battle gets really enjoyable and mean." We've said, he talks of hitting his enemies' quote-unquote primary assets by quote visiting people's homes and slipping Pepe images under the door or following people on subways and coming up to them and whispering Pepe in their ears. Amazing. Quote, they aren't invulnerable anymore, he says of the alt-right targets. They are becoming very aware uh, of their own mortality. Hmm, interesting. So this makes me feel really good. (laughs) Those of us who are out there, you know, putting our faces and our names on everything we say about Donald Trump, this is meant to be chilling. This is meant to, uh, you better shut up or else Weave and his minion are going to come out after you with their Pepe the Frog memes. Right. But what this indicates to me is that, no, they don't have any restraint. They don't stop at the water's edge. I mean, they're talking about going to people's homes. Right. When, when that starts happening, that's when it gets really into scary territory that shows the length to which they'll they're willing to go in order to pursue their agenda. I mean, we already kind of saw it. I mean, we already kind of witnessed one of these crackpots going to someone's home. In fact, it happened to have been my dad's home. Right. One of these Sandy Hook truthers. Went and harassed my dad at his house, thinking because my dad has my same name, which is something I probably shouldn't be saying on the show because of these idiots. But because my dad has the same name, they thought it was me, and then went to uh, my dad's home, knocked on the door, and started spouting off about Sandy Hook truth. Yep, this is a thing that happened, and then
2: and then I, and then I got involved,
1: <laughs> and then Jez got involved. Then it became a story at and the Daily. And now Badger. that guy is sitting in jail, and now the guy is in jail. That's right. <laughs> But this is this is the length to which they will go in order to uh, harass people who oppose them. I mean, this doesn't even take into consideration the fact that Donald Trump has threatened to uh, to open up libel laws to attack. I mean, he was uh, God. He gathered the entire press corps together, uh, all the executives, all the editors, the top shelf people, the A listers: George Stephanopoulos, Wolf Blitzer, Jeff Zucker. They were all in this big room together with Donald Trump. Donald Trump walks in. They think it's going to be politics as usual, like idiots. They think, okay, Donald Trump's going to come in here and he's going to tell us how the Trump White House is going to work with the press, blah, blah, blah. Maybe talk about access and things like that. Comes in and says, you're all a bunch of idiots. You're a bunch of liars. (laughs) All you did was tell lies about me throughout the campaign. Well, you're on notice now. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: And they just put up with it.
1: They put up with it. I mean, this music should have been playing. We should have been should have been ready Wait, with. Our, have,
2: where's our kazoo music? Yeah, we
1: have. We have. This is the real version. I mean, this is the actual version from the movie. Of course. A <laughs> bunch of our listeners sent in this one, this kazoo version. Where is it? Here we go. <laughs> Somehow that's fitting. Yeah. What we're trying to do is combine the uh, the Imperial March with something silly and ridiculous, which is you know, we need the, the, we the whole
2: need the, uh, uh, We need the flute.
1: Yeah, I know. What we need, what I want, is a Calliope version, a circus version of the Imperial March. Someone out there must have a keyboard with the Calliope sound on it who can play the Imperial March and put that all together for us for free. Right. <laughs> and I yeah, underscore yeah. the part for free. The for free part, right. I didn't mean to step on those words. I actually kind of wanted to underscore them. Right. For free. I mean, we can, we can't pay anything. But, you know, if you're, if you're kind enough, you love the show enough, and you want to put together the... Uh, <laughs> because something that sounds kind of like this... But the Imperial March version. <laughs> That's what really we're looking for, because we need to have our Trump music. It's going to be a long four years, and unless we have some good Trump music... I don't know if we're going to be able to make it through, but regardless, this was Trump's behavior to the press, and yet the press uh, is going to completely bow down to them. Already, we're hearing about Joe Scarborough having informal talks with with Trump throughout the campaign, advising him on the media and not disclosing it. That's the latest rumor. But uh, and oh, and that goddamn it! Did you see the? I mean, God, by now everyone's seen it. But that lower third on CNN. About uh, wondering whether or not Jews are people, they seem to CNN hosted a segment. Uh, it was on Jake Tapper's normal show, except Jake Tapper wasn't there. Um, and they hosted a segment about uh, yeah, someone. Of-
2: Tapper lost his mind over it. Tapper was so pissed about that. He's like,
1: "Oh my god, that lower third was ridiculous." But not- yeah,
2: I mean, look, you know what? Technically, technically, the lower third was correct. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I what it, what it said was factual, but just. Yeah, there has to be a place where you draw the line and you're just like, wait a minute. This is this is horrific,
1: right? It goes to the normalization of Donald Trump is what it goes to, because what you know is, you know, that they weren't talking about it in the alarming way it should have been discussed. They weren't talking about it with my thing from uh, from Monday. So it was what the fuck is this shit? They weren't saying it like that. They were just like, okay, well, here's someone to say that Jews aren't people. And here's someone to say Jews are people discuss, you know, like they do with everything.
2: My friend Joe What's Peacock, who's like a sort of internet celebrity and a really awesome guy, yeah, um, great radio he, name. Joe he Peacock, has, exactly right. Yeah, he mm. has he has decided that um, that safety pins are are silly, which, by the way, I agree with. That the whole like you know I'm a safe place for you. That that's just that's kind of a you know it's it's good it's good. It just doesn't say enough. Yeah. So he has basically created T-shirts now that just say bastard on the front b-a-s-t-e-r-d yeah. and he's like and if it really comes to it i'm taking nazi scalps <laughs> and i kind of love that i kind of <laughs> love that the american you know the the uh, the new and glorious bastards i'm kind of enjoying that yeah i that, really give him a lot of credit i ordered one already i'm like i gotta have
1: that that's so great that's so great and i think that's that's the uh posture that everyone needs to take online especially which is the no quarter uh, posture yeah, no
2: quarter no quarter no mercy F-
1: you exactly and and it's really easy to spot them in your mentions on Twitter at least I mean I can right. see them coming down I man usually they have deplorable in their name there's often a Pepe the frog avatar there most of the time they're cowards I mean we're talking in dire terms about weave and and some of the other neo-nazis and the quote unquote young online activists who are going to try to wreak havoc or have already done so throughout the campaign and, and maybe on election day um, but at the, I think at the end of the day, they're, they're cowards. They're anonymous cowards. They're afraid to put their faces or their names to anything they do or say. They operate behind clothes. They operate with masks on, you know, Guy Fawkes masks most of the time, <laughs> or maybe, maybe KKK hoods. God only knows what they're up to, but, uh, but I do bear, in, bear in mind. And I guess it is cold comfort that they just, they're, they're too concerned about their anonymity. To actually put their uh, put their ass on the line for their cause, which is why they you know they do it behind closed doors. They do it behind their computer screens. Unless we take weave seriously, they're going to start going door to door. For God's sake, you know I hear yeah. stuff like that, and I go, maybe I should get my is my phone number unlisted? I don't know. Is my to, to, I guess people could pay, you know, you pay five bucks, you go to one of these private investigator websites or whatever they are, you know, so they, you can actually go to websites where you pay a couple of bucks and they basically get a, a background check on you, get all of your information just for very little money and, and track it you down.
2: You've never owned a gun, have you?
1: I uh, have not owned a gun. I do. Actually, I, I do own a gun. I own a uh, <laughs> a Civil War musket.
2: Oh, yeah, that's going to do you a lot of good.
1: Yeah, it's going to do me a lot of good to have something that takes three minutes to load. Yeah. And then another three minutes to reload after you fire off one shot. Yes. Uh, but okay, we're going to take a uh, another short break. And when we come back, I, I want to talk about the other thing that is uh, election related. And that is the Electoral College. Um, probably a not very surprising announcement for me in terms of my posture regarding the Electoral College. Or maybe it is a surprise. I don't know. We're going to talk about that right after these words. Okay, you want to know the best way to support the show? The best way to support The Bob and Chez Show is to go shopping at Amazon.com using our Amazon link. Here's how you do it. Go to bob Com and click the Amazon link in all caps just beneath the logo on the main page. The link takes you to the main page of Amazon.com as usual. You go shopping. We get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing extra, and it helps support the show. And if you run a small business and source your materials from Amazon, make sure to use the link for all your purchases. And don't forget to bookmark it. Thanks so much for supporting the show and our Amazon link.
0: Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to The Bob and Chez Show in the
1: podcast section on iTunes. All right, here we go. Holiday shopping season. This is what you want to do. If you're tired, if you don't want to go out to all the shops and stores and the malls and deal with all that crap, happy, crappy. crappy- Go and do all of your shopping through our Amazon link. Go to bobsesca.com. Just beneath the logo, there's a link. It says Amazon link. Click those words. The words Amazon link takes you right to the front page of Amazon.com. You go shopping at Amazon as usual. Everything you can possibly imagine they have at Amazon.com. So you go shopping and uh, you save a bunch of money, maybe get some free shipping through Amazon Prime, and uh, and it helps support the show, actually. We get a small commission from everything you buy. So thank you in advance for doing that make sure to bookmark it so every time you go back for more holiday shopping you're using a, a convenient bookmark to get to amazon.com through our link and if you have a small business make sure to source all of your uh your materials through our amazon link so thank you for doing that all right moving along here with the show um you know i've been a pretty firm defender of the electoral college i've kind of seen the wisdom of it and that is, you know, based partly on what the, the framers of the Constitution, uh, the Founding Fathers, had to say about tyrants, crazy people, people uh, populists who appeal to the basest instincts of, of the people. This is, these are the sort of things that, that could happen. Right. But you know what? It actually has happened this time. Of course it has. It has happened. And you know what? This is what the Electoral College is for. If nothing else, to stop people like Donald Trump. The Electoral College, you read Federalist number 68. Everyone's talking about Federalist number 68, written by Alexander Hamilton, probably, um, discusses how the Electoral College is meant to thwart would be tyrants and dictators. Crazy people who have no qualifications or business being President of the United States. No! He had no business being out there! No business! That's why we have the goddamn Electoral College. And if the Electoral College is not going to be used for those purposes, then I don't know what the f we're doing. I don't know what the purpose is. So get rid of it. Obviously, getting rid of it through a constitutional amendment is never going to work. But we do have a project going on in which state by state, they are passing legislation to say the electoral votes from this particular state, and most of them are blue states at this point, are saying the the winner of the electoral college in our state is going to be the winner of the national popular vote. I think there are 13 states that have already done it so far, and I think they need, uh, I'm not sure exactly the number, how many more they need to actually make the total go up beyond 270. I don't don't know how many more states are required for that. I assume they are going to have to be some red states in there, too. But now what we've done is we've politicized the Electoral College. So now it's very... inconceivable that there will be many Republicans signing on to any sort of undermining of the Electoral College because of the way Donald Trump was elected, because of the way George W. Bush was elected. But now we also have on top of all of that, a Democratic candidate, Hillary Clinton, who won the popular vote by now two million votes and counting. Two million votes is the is the margin of victory. And it is a popular vote victory for Hillary Clinton uh that's a pretty big deal that's bigger than any margin uh, of any uh electoral college loser in the history of the united states far more votes uh for hillary clinton's victory than were for al, al gore's victory i think al gore won by what was it around a million votes
2: yeah i mean we're it's just it is ridiculous it's completely ridiculous
1: yeah I mean, again, if they're not going to use the Electoral College to stop Donald Trump, what's the purpose? We know what Donald Trump is like. We know what he's all about. We know how he's going to govern in, in a certain sense if we listen to uh, what he said during the campaign at all. We know precisely what kind of president he's going to be. We know exactly the fact that he is not qualified to be president of the United States. He has no idea what it means to be president of the United States. It's very likely that this guy hasn't even read the Constitution from front to back.
2: Oh, I guarantee that.
1: He's getting on-the-job training about how to behave. All you have to do is look at his Twitter feed to understand that he has no no business. No!
2: He has no business I mean, he's being still, out there. He is the president-elect, and he's still going to war with. He's going to war with actors Yeah, on Twitter. On <laughs> that's
1: Twitter. right. He's going to war with and, and Saturday Night Live. Do you want to answer your phone? I th- is it? No. You know what? It's my phone. I, I thought it was say, your it sounds like This is you. my phone. I'm going to turn off. The
2: phone. I don't have a landline.
1: Yeah. I, I actually do. I have a landline, and that's my, my concern is that someone's going to look up that phone. Number. I shouldn't be saying crap like this on the show. <laughs> shut up Bob alright you know what Uh, uh, on that note we're gonna take a uh, short break and uh, we'll come back to wrap up the show right after these words
0: ah I just love my new gingerbread man soap Mm -mm, smells just like the real thing except it lathers up with awesome soapy suds.
1: hey what the (laughs) haha can't catch me hey your soap you're not supposed to talk what the? Hey, where are you going? Can't catch me! Hey, come on! You're my delicious soap! I need you! I need your gingerbread bubbles! So does the world, lady! It's that time of year, and I'm off to bring scrumptious suds to all the good boys and girls the world over. But you're my soap! Hey, get over here! I,
0: I, I'm gonna get you!
1: Would you get over here? No! Can't catch me!
0: Can't catch me. Gingerbread man soap and other handmade, brilliant bath and body. Only from Bubble Genius.
2: Bubbles guaranteed. Talking not included. Actual soap will not run away.
0: and Chez Show with Bob Zeska and Ches Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com <laughs> Alright,
1: welcome back. Uh, it's uh, it's Wednesday, uh, and happy happy Thanksgiving to you. Hope you have a nice uh, holiday break. No after party on Friday because, uh, well, it's a holiday. We'll be back with another show on Tuesday and Thursday, next week, and an after party, of course. Huh? Uh... I meant to mention this on, uh, on our Monday show. Donald Trump's approval rating is already in the tech. I mean, it's already super low. Lowest approval rating of any uh, recent incoming president. Yes. Donald Trump's uh, favorables right now, 42%. Barack Obama had a 68% favorable rating uh, at this point in time uh, as an incoming president, George W. Bush, even though he lost the popular vote. And uh, during a highly contentious recount, George W. Bush's favorable rating was 59% at this point. Uh, And
2: I I felt the same way. I I remember when Bush won, I was like, all right, you know what? Because this is what you do when you're sane. You say, I'll give him a chance.
1: Yeah. And that's what I may, he,
2: I may disagree, but I'll give him a chance. I, I can't do that with Trump.
1: No, you can't because
2: Trump is a monster. He has proven that over and over again.
1: It's irresponsible to do that with Donald Trump. Bill Bill Clinton was at fifty eight percent at this point uh, as an incoming president. And again, Donald Trump, his favorable rating forty two percent, unfavorable fifty five percent. That is more than double of Bar- Barack Obama's unfavorable rating at this point in time in two thousand eight. Barack Obama's unfavorable was twenty seven percent. George W. Bush thirty six. Bill Clinton thirty five. Donald Trump fifty five. This according to Gallup. Gallup. I don't know anything about polling. Gallup. <laughs> Who the hell is Gallup? It's fake news, obviously. That's right. One hundred percent real. Um, so that's Donald Trump. Donald Trump's coming in and, uh, and doing lots of stupid things. He's obviously, uh, a lot of his business dealings are, are shifty. Um, there's a word today that, uh, he's actually admitted to, uh, self-dealing and violating IRS rules. Sure.
2: And he just doesn't care because he figures, what was his co- His comment was something to the effect of, oh, you know what? You knew this is what you were getting when you voted for me.
1: Yeah, that's right. You can't have a conflict of interest if you're a president. <laughs> that's what he said it's it's not it's not illegal if the president does it it's right out of the nixon playbook it's uneffing believable it's right there in plain view and people are still going well this will be a normal presidency why not
2: it's it, well and you know what it's amazing that the number of i was listening to npr yesterday and they were talking about how there are no laws against certain things. It's just tradition. It's yeah. just this is the way it's, you know what? You don't have to put your uh, – li- liquidate your assets and put them in a blind trust. You don't have to. No. But it's something that's been done because, you know, shame. Again. Conflict of interest. These yep. things have mattered to past presidents. He's he's throwing all that out the window. He's just going, no, what if I just don't care? What? Who cares? You know? Yes, I have to do that.
1: Right. And what was what was I saying throughout the campaign? who
2: Who says I can't use the presidency to to just line my pockets,
1: stuff them? I mean, I was saying throughout the campaign that one of the biggest things that we need to be afraid of when it comes to the Donald Trump presidency is the idea of ignoring all of the unwritten rules and traditions of of american government the things that bind this country together the things that keep us from becoming some sort of uh third world banana republic and we're not there yet but with donald trump as president i mean think about it in in these terms now any blowhard with a few bucks can be president of the United States. You don't need to have experience. You don't need to have expertise. You don't need to be uh, any have any sort of schooling in the law or American government. As long as you have a big mouth and a few dollars, you can become president. That is horrible. And you watch, 2020 is going to be a cavalcade of crazy people. Celebrities and morons and think that th- people who all think that they can do it because Donald Trump has done it. And that's so da- That that's what leads us to President Camacho. That's how it right. happens. The Donald J. Trump Foundation acknowledged that it had violated the so-called self-dealing ban in charity law, referring to the use of a charity's money for a principal's own benefit on an IRS form. This has been admitted on an IRS form that has been posted publicly. The Washington Post reported on Tuesday. On the IRS form 990 for the 2015 tax year, the foundation marked yes on a question regarding whether a disqualified person, meaning someone with a position of influence within the charity, had benefited from the foundation's income or assets. The form 990 is the tax return that tax-exempt organizations file. It was posted to the charity watchdog website GuideStar Monday evening. It is unclear whether the form had been submitted to the IRS. The Washington Post said the possibility that the foundation had been engaged in self-dealing was first raised by multiple reports in the Washington Post that uncovered instances where Trump used the nonprofit's funds to settle lawsuits against his businesses, pay for sponsorships that he used to advertise his business and even to buy portraits of himself. Remember the giant portrait? Jesus, God. The New York attorney general's office has opened an investigation into the Trump foundation, examining that and other claims of possible legal violations. This is the sort of crap that eventually becomes impeachable offenses. This is where you start if, to, if,
2: so, if somebody dares to impeach him, which they should.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean
2: the, the guy's already, the guy's already committing impeachable offenses.
1: That's right. And, and it's not only through things like this, it's also through his, his business dealings with, uh, you know, he's tr- trying to negotiate uh, uh the the uh i guess the the wrapping up of a land deal in Buenos Aires where uh you know the the, the whole B- B- Trump hotel construction project has been stalled and so now he's using his president elect influence in order to move that forward in uh with direct communications with the argentinian president Oh god do like one thing after another again it's the uh it's the tennis ball machine again It's a tennis ball machine we have this it's like one thing after another. Oh, look it's the IRS thing. Oh, oh my God, he's he's Ben Carson's going to be uh, Secretary of uh, HUD, Housing and Urban Development, right? By the way, that's that's some interesting news. Maybe okay. give us uh, an opportunity to do this music <laughs> more often during uh, the next four years. But it turns out that Donald Trump uh, has possibly offered Housing and Urban Development to Ben Carson.
2: You know why? Because, because it, the word the word urban is in there. The, the word urban so is in like, there. So he's like, y- you know, who's better for this than Ben Carson?
1: That's exactly right. It was like during the second debate. There's no
2: African-American.
1: Remember the second debate where there was an African-American man who asked a question of Donald Trump, unrelated, didn't have anything to do with uh, inner cities or urban plight or all of that stuff. Had nothing to do with that. What did Donald Trump say in his response to this guy? Because he was black... Donald Trump responded to the man by talking about the inner cities. Right. (laughs) That's why
2: Donald, you know, know, uh, thank you for asking that question. Top, top five, Jay-Z, Nas. I would put Jay-Z over Nas.
1: (laughs) God. See, this is the problem, though. He's appointing cabinet secretaries based on name recognition. Of course he is. Not based on whether they can do the job. I mean, just a few days ago, Ben Carson was publicly saying, Hey, you know, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about government or being a cabinet secretary. What I know, the only thing I know, is when to climb aboard the Z train to Snoozeville. Climb aboard with me. the talk Ben Carson? And then Donald Trump's like, Well, he's black, so he knows about urban things like so right. maybe he'd be a great <laughs> secretary of housing and urban development. Jesus Christ. Meanwhile, uh Nikki yep. Haley, who's the governor of South Carolina, has been offered the uh post of uh UN ambassador. She's going to be the UN ambassador. Uh you know, and I'm I'm looking at some of these appointments, certainly not the Ben Carson one, but uh the Nikki Haley one, maybe some others that involve uh senators like Jeff Sessions and I wonder um how this is going to tip the balance in terms of, uh, of uh, you know, whether or not we could maybe pick up a governorship in there somewhere. Maybe pick up a uh, an extra Senate vote somewhere. I doubt it's going to happen to replace... I don't think there's going to be a Democratic replacement for Jeff Sessions. There could be a Democratic replacement for Nikki Haley. I mean, there could be a runoff there or some sort of a special election to replace Nikki Haley. There's an opportunity there, Democrats. Pick up a governorship. How about that? Why not try for that? That's how we need to be looking at these things. Oh, and by the way, you know what? If Tulsi Gabbard is offered a post in the Trump administration, let her have it. Seriously, people, Trump needs all the Democrats and progressive voices he can get inside that administration. And if if Tulsi Gabbard, who's the congresswoman from Hawaii, is also a Bernie Sanders supporter also happens to be kind of a hawk on foreign policy, but the fact is that any progressive voices inside the Trump administration, anyone to say no to Donald Trump is someone we should welcome. Not someone who says, oh, she's uh, clearly Tulsi Gabbard's a you know, a spy or a turncoat or a Benedict Arnold. Who wants her? Shame. Shame on you, Tulsi. No, 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 no. If If she's appointed, she should, you know, I think she should absolutely do it. Need reasonable, sane voices inside the Trump administration. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, lots more to talk about on the post-mortem show. That's coming up at patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. Go and sign up now. You can gift it to people for the holidays. Maybe do that. $5 a month gets you two additional shows per week. That's two post-mortem shows. Little, little extended bits of the free show that we do just for our Patreon subscribers. They're like mini after-parties. We just talk about whatever. And it happens right after this music ends. At Patreon.com slash Bob and $5 a month. If you sign up at $10, you get the two post-mortem shows and the after-party. And if you sign up at $15 a month, you get the two post-mortem shows, the after-party, and a uh, commercial-free, not-safe-for-work, unbleaked version of this show that you just heard. All the obscenities right in there. And no commercials. Sign up at patreon.com slash Bob and Ches. We'll see you over there. Have a great Thanksgiving and we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye, folks. Bye.